Welcome to Inside the Natural State. Joined again this week by my buddy Wes Roberts. How you doing, Wes? What's up, bud? Man, I'm sitting on the other side of the table. So it's you are. Different. It's kind of weird. I have to look at you now. I know. Like that's what the setup there was for. But this is better. Except I can't. I don't have TV on, but I can't see it. There's so, not really much to be looking at right now. There's not. Usually, there's a decent game on Monday nights. At least a, a decent basketball game, but um, nothing tonight. So I like that intro, by the way. Do you? Yeah. I do too. That's a good song. So big fan of yeah. Luke Combs. Yes, without a doubt. Um, so how's your week been? It's been good. Yeah. It's been good. Did you get a lot of, get a lot of feedback from being on the podcast? I, last week? I got a little bit. I got people asking for more me, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm trying to hold that back a little bit. Get uh, more you tonight. Yeah, censored a little bit. But no, it was good. It was good. It was a good time. It's a good time. Well, the good thing is, is we're drinking whiskey and we have no will. So it's a it's a good night. It's we a good can, night. We, we won't it's have good to, night. We won't have to be quite as censored today. Well, we're both a little under the weather, so the 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 crown just seemed like a good medicine. Yeah, I apologize if I start lo- hacking up a lung over here here in a few minutes because it's been a rough couple of days. So I'm hoping that this stuff passes here pretty quick. I don't recommend anybody use my mic for a couple of days. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it doesn't pass fast. I know it. I, nothing does for me. My entire it. office was out last week, uh, aside from Vanessa and I. Everybody was like out. Tired. The Little Rock School District was oh, out. Oh, they're shut there. down for two yeah, days. Two days. Like, yeah. That's wild, man. It's a bunch of junk going around. I'm just glad it's not the flu. And my kids have had it. I need some wood. Yeah, there you go. I don't think that's fake wood, but it'll work. So, but yeah, man, it's been it's been a rough week around here, especially with this uh, all this junk. But uh, I wanted I, I would be I would I would it would it would be a bad thing if I didn't bring up the fact that we're bringing Kevin Bohannon on. Uh, announced that last week. He is going to be our go to guy for baseball. If it's you a big time ad. Absolutely. If you don't know Kbo, um, Kevin Bohannon, he's uh, he he's with KTV um, from a marketing standpoint. Uh, but he is big in the youth travel baseball scene and, and really, really has his pulse on high school baseball. Um, and, and then, of course, the Omahogs, uh, UCA, Arkansas State. So that he's going to be a plethora of information. I'm excited as of this week. So hopefully Thursday morning before uh, for first game with Eastern Illinois uh, first pitch, we'll have the new podcast out. It'll be a short, condensed version. But basically what we're going to do with that is uh, Cabo and I will break down um, high school games, um, a few few teams to watch each week, and then a course the series between arkansas and whoever they're playing and as well as uh, try to preview a few of the in-state colleges as well i'm stoked dude i yeah. don't want to get off page here and i don't want to get into baseball because y'all are going to cover that but i am stoked i cannot wait four days i'm excited man four this days. is this is big i mean obviously football was what it was we maybe have some excitement again going in the future basketball which we'll touch on here in just a little bit um you know it's it's been it's it's been up and down i mean i think we have a bright future but man baseball is where it's at we're about to cut the monsters loose we, we are a baseball school right now we are we could go into a lot of information, like you said. I had, I was when I was prepping and trying to find some stuff. There's some. There's a bunch of stuff out there. Um, a lot of good information. We're hoping to be that spot though that brings kind of that uh, that weekly preview. I'm not sure a whole lot of sp- a whole lot of people are doing that. So I can answer that. There's not. Yeah. There's not. For somebody that loves Razorback baseball, I have been starving for information. Yeah, well, I'm excited. I'm not going to make it up this weekend. Are y'all going to go up this weekend for any We are not. We're not going up this weekend. You and I are going to hit a game the following weekend, and then the next weekend, my wife and I will be in Houston for that series. I'm going to do something dangerous here and lift this mic up and hope that I'm afraid to touch this one. I know it. They like to fall. Anyway, so what do you think of UFC 247? Okay, so to be completely honest, I did not buy 247. Um, I'm a huge UFC fan, have been all the way back to 2016. And uh, for a long time, I got all of these. And 
as you can imagine, my, my wife got tired of $67 after $67 after $67. So I got to look and okay, okay, there's got to be some meat to a card for me to buy it more than just the main and co-main. The main and co-main were great oh, on yeah. this card. Outside of that, we were really lacking for any substance. Now, it, it, it turned out to be a decent card, but looking at it going in, there wasn't a whole lot of pop there behind between besides the main and co-main. Um, so I guess that's what we're going to talk about mainly the yeah. the main event. Yeah, the, the main Grass. the main and co co UFC sure. 247. They announced the attendance at 17401. Uh, they sold out the Toyota Center. Um, how, how how did you have that scored? Uh, you know that's that's really what I was curious on your your end as well. I thought it was I'll a, go after that. I thought it was an extremely close, obviously an extremely close fight. I thought that Reyes did enough early um, to handle business in the first three rounds. Now, um, you know, of course, if you look at the output and the in the numbers, um, he was way busier in those first three rounds. You want to go round by round real uh, quick? You can, yeah. What'd you get round one? Uh, well, round one, I would have had Reyes. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but I know he outpunched and, and, and he did. I don't, ha- I don't have uh, CompuBox numbers in front of me, but I went and, and rewatched it this afternoon through one of the YouTubes that I'm sure is illegally doing that, but I got to see the whole fight. I, round one, I got 10 9 Reyes. Uh, Reyes got a knockdown in that round, but to me, in order to get a 10 8, you've got to have a fighter in real trouble. Like they barely escaped that round. That didn't happen. So, yeah, and they didn't even, according to the CompuBox numbers, it doesn't even look like they gave him a knockdown down there. It, it was, was a knockdown. It was it was a knockdown. Yeah, it was almost a off balance punch to the he chest. He was off and, balance, but it was so, a knockdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got 10-9 Reyes on that one. Right. Um, round two? Yeah, round two, I definitely had Reyes at a 10-9 there. I thought Reyes landed more. I thought it was another really close round, um, but I, th- I thought Reyes got that one as well. I have 10-9 Reyes in round two also, but that one's much closer. Yeah, that it, it got, it well, it got it got dramatically closer each round as right. they win. Round three, same thing. I, I Now, that one, obviously, to me, that was the biggest this round. This is the one. This and is the questionable one. It's, so so we'll talk about the fifth in a minute, but to me, the, the third and the fifth were the two most important rounds. I would have I, – I could have seen this going either way in the third, um, but I thought that um, – I thought Reyes had the third – but again, when you start talking about uh, the, the the champion and getting that scorecard in, in the, the challenger's favor is really hard to do. So in that scenario, I mean, I still liked Reyes. I thought Reyes had that round. I think Bone stole it in the last 30 seconds. Okay. I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. That's one that's, that's where the fight hinges on anybody except for the dumbass that had one as 4-1 Jones and I don't know yeah. what fight he was watching. Yeah, and he he was really bad in another another fight on the night too that was real questionable. And I I'd have to pull it up, but there was another fight earlier yes. on the main card that yes. he was super questionable on as well. So there was definitely some questionable. Ju- it, it, who was it? Was it the Derek Lewis fight? No, it wasn't. It was. Uh, oh, I can see the dude's face. I, I'd have to pull up the the fight card. We're acting like we don't know what we're talking about. Right. I guess I should have had that fight card <laughs> no, pulled up. Good. But we're just talking point. about the main event here. Yeah. To me, round three is the one where it could have gone either way. I had bones. I'm not going to argue with you if you had Reyes, right. um, but I. I to me, right there, you're two one going into the championship rounds. Reyes yeah. leads up two to one. If yeah, you gave that to Reyes and he's up three zero. I'm not going to argue with you. Right, and that's where I was after the fight too. I know a lot of people were, you know, calling it rigged and saying that, but it's not like either fighter really ran away with the fight. That third round, like you said, was extremely pivotal. Um, you know, either either fighter you could have you could have given it to. It could have been a draw. It was a really close round. So. Um, 
Going to the fourth, I thought that's where Bones really started yeah, he to took dominate. Over. Um, he was just more active. You could see Reyes slowing. You could see the punches starting to take a little more effect. And I think what was more important, you know, Rogan stayed on his – he was on a soapbox all night. He, he stayed on the exact same agenda the whole time talking about um, talking about how how no fighter – you know, all fighters, they stop and they try to stand in front of Jones, and that's what gets them in trouble, and that's what's going to happen. And it never happened. So Reyes just continued he to move. Kept moving. He But to a point that, you know, like you said, we, we feel like he really handled the fourth, but then you get to the fifth, and, and I thought – Early on, that that round was definitely going to John. I thought the I thought it shifted a little bit towards the middle, but then the last minute, Reyes just ran. Yeah, I, I gave the fourth and the fifth to Bones. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. I just think that, and the reason I say that the third and fifth were so pivotal is because you could have given the third. Could I have. think either way could have, but the fifth, if Reyes just fights that last he forty seconds to a minute, he didn't know. Maybe he lands something in that scenario. Somebody in his corner told him he was ahead and right. he needed to stay away that round because that's the only reason you do that. He was that was not part of his game plan anywhere but the fifth round. So he played keep away in the fifth, and I think it hurt him. Oh, it did. It one hundred percent did. I mean, and it, it kind of killed the fight for me at the end. I was just it was just disappointing to see such a good fight finish off that way. And of course, they're already talking about rematch. But right, so I had it three two bones. If you had yeah. it three two res, if you had it to draw anywhere in that, it's hard to argue. Yeah, and my th- so so the the only argument that I would have for Jones. For the folks that thought that Reyes really dominated those first three rounds, he definitely did the first. But after that, it was a, it was just a different stylistic fight, and I think you know that's why there were some questions there as far as the you know the judging, I think, and and how it was perceived from the judges. But that brings me to a point. So the, of course, it's been argued, and and you probably know better. You've got your pulse on UFC a little more than I do, but. You know, it's been argued for a while, of course, with the commissions and basically every state being able to do their own thing and and all the rules somewhat being different from depending on where they're fighting. Um, Why? So every sport that we play, every Mm -hmm. sport that we watch, there's a score. You know the score. You know what you've got. There's two minutes left in a football game. You're down seven. You know what you've got to do. You're in the third or the fourth round of a championship fight. and You have no idea. I mean, unless you've just literally battered this person. You have no idea where you stand. Now, boxing played with that a few years ago, and I say a few years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Boxing played with that where they would announce a score every two or three rounds. To my knowledge, UFC has never done that. It's a crapshoot. You're 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 trusting your corner that they know what's going on because sometimes you're lost in the fight and what's going on. And I, I am not a UFC fighter. I've never taken MMA. I just, I love the sport. Right. And I have heard interviews where fighters have talked, okay, I'm just listening to my corner because I don't, I don't even know what round it is. Mm-hmm. So you're dependent on your corner. Texas has taken a bad rap today. Uh, in, in MMA talk shows, Luke Thomas has beat him up and down. Um, Ariel Helwani has been all over him. Anybody that I listen to MMA-wise has been all over the Texas Athletic Commission or whatever it's called, the the governing body right. in, in Texas. Um, Luke Thomas went so far as to say uh, no fight needs to be in there of consequence anymore. I mean, it's hard to argue just based on a couple of the results. Now, I think, like I said, I think people are overreacting a little bit to the way this one ended. You know, in boxing, you're told, I mean, it's from the, I watched, you know, I used to watch a lot of boxing as a kid, not so much now, but in boxing, you're told, I mean, if a fight is close, 
against a champion, it almost always leans towards the right. champion. I mean, if the fight is close. So, I mean, you know what was coming out of that. I mean, regardless of what happened, it wasn't like Jones was beat up. It wasn't like Reyes was beat up. Neither one of them really caused a ton of damage. It, but they, they, I mean, they hurt each other. I mean, yeah. Jones even said afterwards, look, I mean, I, he, he was surprised by what Reyes brought to the, brought to the table. Yeah. He, he thought he could I wasn't. knock Reyes I knew that out. was going to be a dog fight. Yeah. And I mean, you know, how much, so, so another question, how, how much do you, how much weighs into the takedowns or somewhat takedowns that Jones had? Because that was a big piece at the end of the fight. They're supposed to be a big component. The first in, first one is striking and aggression. The other one is grappling and ring control, I believe. And I may be wrong on that. I may be quoting those out of order. But there's a, a list of stipulations that you're supposed to go by. But every state has different things some of them have adopted new mma rules some of them are still on old mma rules there's not really any kind of commission that comes around and updates these people and teaches them what to look for so they're kind of left judging by their own eyes i mean we can't agree on who won round three so you can imagine what three other people that are sitting there that are paid to watch this fight and decide who is winning can say on that sometimes it's not Easy when there's not a clear. John Jones walked through some shots that would have put other people oh, down. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But that's one thing that John Jones does. He walks through stuff and doesn't show anything in his face, doesn't wobble, doesn't do anything. Uh, so that's that's hard for a judge to decide. Okay, is that was was that a power shot? Did that hurt him? You you can't tell, right? That does make sense. And and again, when you think about how much Reyes was backing up, I mean, how many of his shots were really really significant? When you think Part about of that's most his of, strategy, he goes backwards really well, right? And and he done well. He did well, but again, how many of those shots landed? So so just off the cuff, who, what's next for Jones? I I don't know. I, I don't know. I've been pushing for him to go to heavyweight for his last three fights. I mean, what? is there left to do at light heavyweight if you're an mma fan you're listening to this look at the lightweight rankings and tell me what's next outside of an immediate rematch which i want to i won't disagree with right uh, the other thing people are squawking for is israel adesanya moving up yeah that needs some building folks that's not big enough yet um i, I would like him to go north to heavyweight and fight um either the winner of DC Steep A3. Oh, man. Or um, Francis Ngannou. Yeah, well, Either one of those would be good fights. Be interesting. I, Jones I would be interested needs to, see to how feel like he is threatened. I don't think he feels like going into a fight he is threatened. I made a note here. Jones is not 25, and he's not on the juice. Right. You can look at his body one time. He is not taking a damn thing. Yeah. Maybe because he's gotten caught so much and he's afraid to do anything. Maybe because he thinks he can handle these people on pure ability and he doesn't need it. But I can promise you the first time he feels threatened, whether it be DC, whether it be Stipe, whether it be Nganu, somebody that makes him think, hmm, can I beat these guys? He's going to go back to what made him great and – Legal or not, that is the best bone Jones. Well, and that's what I mean. I'm just curious too how he how he fits in the in the heavyweight division. I mean, that's there's a lot of beef there, and a, and a guy like Stipe, man, that's. 
that's a scary matchup, I think, for Jones. It is hard as Stipe can hit. I mean, you know what he you know what he did with DC. Yeah. It's a little different animal, but but I mean, boy, Stipe. I don't like Jones joke. in either one of those. Yeah. I'd love to see it. That's where he needs to go to get the best out of him. But right. he's not a favorite in either one of those. Against DC at heavyweight, I would consider him a favorite because I just think he's got DC's number. But yeah. so so let's talk. How much did you pay attention to that Shevchenko fight? Um, I, I watched highlights of it. Uh, oh my goodness! I, I got to watch my mouth here, but Chef, she's a bad one. I mean, is she, could she be beat? Woman. Is there anyone not out? in that division? I mean, no. Is there anybody who's in? I mean, you move her around. Who's in MMA in women's MMA that could beat her? Um, she would have to go up and fight. Um, Amanda Nunez again. They've had two fights and they were both razor close. Yeah. I, she has came the closest to beating Nunez. One of them, you could make an argument that she did. Just like this fight, one of them, you right. could make an argument that she did. Yeah. She would have to go north and fight her again. There's nobody in her division that can hang with her. Um, I, one of the shows that I was listening to on the way up here says she walks around at 125. Mm-hmm. So even if she cut down to 115, down to the, what is that, the strawweight division with right. um, the, the girl from across the pond that has the title right now. I don't remember what her name is, and people are going to kill me for saying oh, that. Oh, goodness gracious, I don't remember. She's yeah. fighting Joanna in a couple of months. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I know you're talking. I can't think of the name. I, I don't think either one of the. I don't think Joanna or this Joanna other, can't. No. This other lady can keep up with her. No, right. I think she is. You say a man among boys, and so a woman among girls. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, watching her and the way she dispatched oh choo choo train chuka chukagian whatever um, was. I mean, she, I'm looking at the numbers here. I think what. 70% total strikes landed, 62% significant strikes, and 100% of her takedowns. She's a bad woman. And, and, She's and a bad woman. I, I tried to find the audio of that leg kick. Like, that was nasty. It I, was. If you've not heard it or seen it, YouTube it. You can find it. Yeah, it was It was rough. I mean, so that was um, that was definitely uh, – that was, I'm, I'm curious. With, so with, with – um, oh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Why? We should make better notes, I guess. I know. Well, I have great notes, but this isn't on my notes. <laughs> We are kind of um, off the cuff on UFC. Right. So why am I going blank on old girl's name? The old fighter. It's the, the, the greatest women's fighter of all time. Why am I going blank? Cyborg? No, 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 no. Amanda Nunes? No. The one that did movies and stuff. I mean, uh, uh, Rousey? Yes. Thank you. I don't know why I couldn't come up with Ronda Rousey's name. So we knew Ronda Rousey had a lot of, there, there, there were, there were, issues in her style we knew she was beatable at she times. was one-dimensional yeah absolutely and so you knew what the difference you knew what to attack what what are you what are you supposed to do to i Shevchenko have no idea you i know, have no idea that that's my question is what do you she do? does everything well she does striking well she does grappling well uh she does uh, cage control well um I, I, I don't know. My headset just got really loud for some reason. I don't know. That was odd. Sometimes my voice gets... I'm a, I have a tendency to get loud. I, I don't mean to. When I get excited talking about something, I get a little loud. It's okay. You're not as loud as Zach was, so we're okay. So... I don't know. I, I don't know that there is one. Kudos to to the, the camp that decides where her weaknesses is and how to beat her, because I don't know that it exists outside of Amanda Nunes. Yeah, I don't know who's going to get her. Um I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. So I had in here fight of the night. I don't know that either one of us watched enough to really to throw us out of fight of the night. I mean, I thought the Jones fight was great. Um, those heavyweights that The one before, that I can't remember got fight of the night. The one that you were talking about all ago that had the bad decision, that one got fight of the night. Both of those guys in there got $50,000 bonuses, and I can't remember. I can see the dude's name – or see the dude's face. 
Kraus. Oh, that one must have been. Was that on the undercard? That must have been on the undercard. May have been. It got fought of the night. I'm not even seeing James it. James Kraus. That's it. Hmm. I don't even see it on here. So our Arkansas boy, when is he fighting again? Oh, you know what? I should look that up. I looked. I don't think he has anything scheduled. He put on his Twitter, and for you guys that don't know, Steve has gotten me into the Twitter world. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> he posted on Twitter that he would be ready in May. Yeah, I was trying to look that up. I don't... Bryce Mitchell. Let's see what we got here. Thug Nasty. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't have anything on his next fight. I think he's just been talking a lot, but... He is a throwback to the good times of Jermaine Taylor. He he, yeah. he throws out props to Arkansas every time he gets a mic put in front of his face. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. I don't know what is going on in my headset right now. It sounds different. This is why we need Will here. So, moving on. You were talking about social media a minute ago, so let the world know your Twitter so that um, one of our three or four listeners— Why did listeners, you ask me that? I don't know what it is. Here, you sent it. I did. <laughs> this, is, this, is how good of, this is how good Wes is at Twitter. He doesn't even know his Twitter handle. I'm going to have to look it up for him. So, let's see. Bass and Hogs 1012. At Bass and Hogs 1012. There, there you go. go. And you can find me at Steve underscore NSS. Uh, I'm going to say that into the mic. So at Steve underscore NSS. Of course, look for us on all the social media platforms at Natural State Sports. Um, we are on pretty much everything but TikTok. I think we even, oh, I know we have a Snapchat. I just haven't logged into it in forever. So don't don't miss out there. Um, I got to remember to use that as opposed to Facebook. It's, it's a different app. I forget to post on that i gotta post thoughts and stuff on that what's the character max on twitter 240 now i think yeah something like that i gotta remember to do that it used to be like 120 now it's like 240 it's not bad it's good for sports information and for this kind of stuff so on to basketball it was a rough week this probably is the best highlight we had from the whole week just kidding you have to bear with me here. Did you just have a commercial come up? I you did. did. I had it all set, <laughs> and then a stinking ad pocket. They knock it away. Jones has Bailey. The lob. Whoa! He went straight Daniel Gafford on him. That so rattled that, the rafters. It did. That place, it was a lot of fun. Man, that game was a lot of fun there for a few minutes, and then... Yeah. And then, uh, what, with about... When did that game change pretty significantly? Let me pull up some play-by-play here. So, you know, obviously Arkansas had uh, – they, they were up, by, I think, as much as 11. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I got it right here. They were up 11 with six minutes to go on a Jalen dunk. They went up 65-54 with yeah. six minutes to go. Yep, and then McCormick hits a three. Um, well, Auburn just made it, a, made it a deal this week to come back against folks. Um, man, Arkansas missed a lot of free throws. We got beat on the boards, like I said, pretty badly. The team shot extremely, extremely poorly again. Um, let me pull up the numbers here. The last 11 minutes, the last uh, six minutes in regulation and five minutes in overtime, we were outscored 25-11. Yeah. I mean, and it's just – it's frustrating. So we've brought this point up a couple of times on the podcast when Zach was was still with me. And, um, you know, something that I've been concerned with with, with this team is, is the lack of depth 
I mean, we are running out of gas. Absolutely. And that question was actually asked, uh, Mus, and I, and I wanted to play that real quick too here. Uh, yeah. Get that. Kind of wearing down Melanie physically at this point or? I don't think so. I mean, you look at, you look at overtime games. I mean, Auburn's pretty good tonight. We stunk in the first half, uh, had a chance to win the game. So, again, the fouls and the defensive rebounding. So, can he say we're running out of gas? That's not something no. he can say. Well, and, and so to defend him there, it would be much like Chad Morris last year saying that he that the. Why the, do you got to go back to that? Well, I mean, but it would be. It would be the same as when he said that. You know what? Did it, what was it? Uh, we got thirty percent of the. No, 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 no. When he asked if this team was Effort. fragile, and he oh. said he said they were that this was a fragile locker room. I mean, it's not I don't think same. we're fragile. I just think we're tired. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, if more if 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 Musselman comes out and makes a comment like that, then it's going to be perceived that way. The one thing about Mus when you watch his was his press conference. Now, now, don't get me wrong. This is not I'm not bashing Mus. This guy is is the the future is extremely bright for Arkansas 100%. basketball. But it's funny, and people have, have talked about this. So in press conferences previously, you know, when we win, he's he's jubile, he's jumping, he's he's a, he's fun, he's wearing his his different shirts, he's got his Pepsi, he's he's having a good time. But when he's when he's here, there's another part of this this uh, this interview, the the post game press conference that that I didn't play, but where he's asked a question and he's. You know, he, you could tell he's trying to figure out the answer, but he's not going to give coach speak, which is what I really like about mm-hmm. him. And if he does give coach speak, he follows it up with an explanation. Right. Whereas that was where the previous other – anyway. So – but he he's sitting there trying to come up and finally just says, you know what, whatever. We just got to figure out how to beat Tennessee this week. You know I mean? And that was his response. And and I can't blame him. I mean – if if you if you understand what this basketball team was built on this year, and I've had a couple of arguments on social media over the last couple of days. Okay, let's say what is it built on? Well, so right now this team is built on pieces that they have plugged together, Correct. and and unfortunately, a couple of those major pieces are beat up right now. We talked about this last week that they need to sit Isaiah, Isaiah Joe for a couple of weeks. Lo and behold, the next day Isaiah Joe has knee surgery and he's out for a couple of weeks. So. I mean, from that perspective and where this program or where this team is right now, you know, I made the comment on on Twitter after the game that it's going to take a miracle for this team to make the tournament. Isaiah Joe, out. Yeah. Jimmy Witt, 40 minutes, zero, zero points. And Witt is hurt. Mason, 45 minutes, 40 points. Mm -hmm. You cannot keep doing that. 45 minutes, 45 minutes. Desi had 14 points, 40 minutes. Adrio. 35 minutes, 11 points. These guys are given everything that they've got. We just don't have enough pieces. They are. And that's it. And you're right. And, and we lack depth at some really important piece, uh, parts or places um, down low, obviously. Reggie Chaney came around now against in, in this last game. He did against in the second Missouri. game. He did. He, he, he did, did really well in the Missouri game. Had a double-double. His best offensive game, I think, since he's been a hog. Um, so that was that was at least a nice little benefit. Sorry, I just dropped my chair down. Let me ask you this, and we're just going to touch on it because it's going to piss both of us off. No, go ahead. How many people did you hear after the Auburn game, and certainly after the Missouri game, say, we just got outcoached? You know, shut the hell up with that. You people don't know what you're... That's a cliche. You're saying that because you're used to hearing that. Well, so this was my favorite comment, and I was going to bring this up, but this seems like the perfect opportunity. I say favorite. This is not really my favorite. This has been my... um, (laughs) This has been the bane of my existence for the last 48 hours on Twitter. 
Let me find that. Okay. So, okay. Just stay with me here because this is this dude's supposedly real name. On Twitter, his name is Old Mud Butt. Or Old Mud Butt. At Old Mud Butt on Twitter. His name is Todd Dingleberry. He swears it's his real name. This was his tweet after the game. Eric Musselman's seat is getting warmer and warmer. I really hope Juracek doesn't have to make another tough decision this early in his tenure. Just shut up, dude. You are a Delta Bravo at its finest. You don't understand basketball. Go go learn something about basketball and then come back and talk to us. Absolutely. I, I don't it, – so it's actually the first time that I've ever seen a tweet – get as much activity as this one did. I'm trying to find the actual numbers. Please tell me they don't want people that agree with him. It had like 300 comments of people just absolutely bashing this dude and three three likes. So again, it's just, so you see stuff like that starting to happen and it's extremely frustrating because when you look at the buildup and the makeup of this team, if this team doesn't make the tournament, if this team goes to the NIT, there's nothing wrong with that. Did anybody at the beginning of the season, did anybody think this team would sniff the tournament? Absolutely not. I mean, and there were people, you know, this was going to be potentially the year that maybe even MA loses his, you know, his his non-losing season streak potentially with the, with what this season was looking like in terms of law, the people that had lost and the people that he was bringing in who's going to be able to retain. So when and, and I had this argument as well with somebody who was who was talking about the fact that that while Muss has done a great job, he he needs to own this lack of of depth and the lack of pieces in 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 what they had on the roster. How is he supposed to own that? So, okay. So he had nothing to do with uh he had what are you looking for? Oh, you need water? Water. Oh, I thought I took your drink. Um, he had nothing to do with Gafford no, no. With Gafford declaring early. I mean, obviously, Gafford did what was best for him. He's, he's doing pretty well in the league right now. Um, you know, this the guy that I kind of got into it a little bit with on Twitter earlier was talking about, you know, how we should have gotten Isaiah Moss, who he, he was committed to Arkansas, then he decommitted, now he's at Kansas. Well, Moss is averaging eight points a game at Kansas. Not he's, really he's not, not a putting up a ton. Now, again, but he would be another guard, which, sure, that's exactly oh, what that's we need. Oh, that's exactly me, what we need. Give, Let's give me, get 17 guards. Right. So, so I guess my, uh, my, my issue here, and then he started blaming the fact that he didn't try to go after anybody else. Musk, Musk came into this situation extremely late in the game. He was very limited on who he would actually have an opportunity to get. Musk has done a phenomenal job yes. to get this team to 16 wins um, and still a realistic shot. I, I was, you know, when I said it would take a miracle to get this, this team in the tournament, you know, it's a little bit of hyperbole, but it's going to take because of the lack of depth and the injuries that are starting to pile up on this team. Now, if they can weather the storm here over the next couple of weeks, when you start looking, I'm, I'm back on the team rankings website, which is, which is pretty good. And they actually, I found another portion of their website um, where they've got some of the easiest and toughest games left. Arkansas has one of its toughest, the second toughest game left, which only gives them a 51% chance to win against Tennessee tomorrow night. Getting Isaiah Joe back is big, just from a schematic point of view. If, if you're yeah. a defense scheming for Arkansas right now, all you got to worry about is Mason Jones. That's right. That's right. it. And, and, and stop Jimmy Witt's mid, mid-range game. Yeah, but sometimes he stops itself. You, he's inconsistent. You don't have to, I mean, yeah, keep him from dribble driving and getting to the free throw line. Watch that wicked crossover that he has. Right. Outside of that, that's pretty much it. 
Well, you Isaiah Joe is another player on the floor that you've got to account for, which means you can't double-team somebody else. Right, absolutely. And, and again, when you only have two scores, and this has always been something, and again, when we start, we start talking about the issues with this roster and they, how people want to blame Muss, again, think back to the years when Mike Anderson was here, and the number one issue was the lack of quality scores. You might have one or two, but you didn't have a lot of depth with your scores. And so if you lost a guy or if a guy couldn't find a shot, much like Mason on Saturday, you had nobody to pick up that slack. That's right. That's the issue right now. Hog fans have got to just calm down and wait because next year and going forward is going to be a lot of fun. You're going to have more scores. You're going to have more guys that can make that, that, that can make a difference. And I heard a coach, and I don't remember what I was listening to the other day, but I heard a coach make this point, and, and it might have been on the buzz. I think they might have been talking to Daryl Walker. Um but, you know, he made the point, would you, or they asked him, would you rather face a team that, you know, that has one, you know, 50 point score, or would you rather face a team that has a couple of guys that can, that can, that can get to the bucket and score? He said, I mean, I would rather face the team that has just one guy because right. I can shut one guy down. You know, if, if another guy beats me, fine, but I can shut one guy down. We can focus on one guy. Double and that's, team, crashing zone, box, and one. There's lots that you can do to that. Right, and that's where Arkansas is right now. I mean, that's that's where the, the struggles are for Arkansas right now is is once you get past Mason, there's nobody that's consistent. And so that's, that's where the issue is. You know, you look at the numbers. So right now, the most likely win that Arkansas has, they, they're saying Missouri at home is an 81% chance to win. Uh, but Florida on the opposite side of that on February 18th is an away game. What's the prognosis on on Isaiah Joe? I, I, I haven't heard. Is yes. he out for one more game, two? Do we know? So he's missed these two. I would assume he would miss this week for sure. I don't think we'll get him back for either of these games this week. Tuesday or Saturday. Yeah, okay. and I think I would assume the earliest would probably be next week's game. So that is... Let's see. This week we have Tennessee. We're at Tennessee. Yeah, we hope oh, we're at Tennessee, and then we got what Mississippi State at home, and then we turn around. And so we got Florida away. I, that would be the first opportunity I would see that we would have Joe back. Florida is beatable even away. They are not. They're not the Florida that you think about. I think this Saturday with Mississippi State is a – I hate to use must win, but it's, it's, it's a need. It's, it's a need. Well, and especially you can't – I mean, you don't want to lose the Tennessee game. I think we open as a three-point dog in that game at Tennessee. Tennessee's beatable. Um, they do got some size inside. They are, but we're wore out, dude. Yeah, and we are. And, again, with a lack of scores, you got to hope – you got to count on Mason to score 30-plus. Okay, who's going to back him up? I mean, They did on Saturday – Right, right, and, and and we'll see. Well, that's Actually, what he, he didn't. Score he didn't do anything on Saturday. Yeah, that's the thing. That's that was the biggest reason why we lost that game is because he didn't do anything on Saturday. Um, was that the worst loss of the season? The Auburn loss? No, no, no. The Missouri loss. Um, you think about it. We were at Western Kentucky, and they they at least for three fourths of that game had a you know a lottery pick in the game inside. <sighs> That was before we really knew who we were, um, but at least that one was at full strength. The Missouri game, I, I don't know. I we just we don't have many numbers to to start with playing six, seven, eight players, and you take one of those out, and I I don't know. I I don't know if it's the worst. Lo- I, I I hesitate to put that tag on it. It was just another loss. Okay. Is Missouri a rivalry? 
So I bring People this. People really want it to be, but I don't, I don't know. I bring this up because it became a little bit of a back and forth on on Twitter. Um, because so I don't know if you saw a lot of this, but before the game, um, Missouri made it a point to so so. Okay, let's go back a little bit. So I think it was a robbery in basketball when Coach A came back and uh, who was it that was. Who, who was it to replace They had him? Frank Hay. Was it Frank, Frank Hay? came yeah. immediately yeah. after? Yeah. And he was a loudmouth idiot. Right. So I, I think it was there for a while. I don't know so much about that well, anymore. Well, so before the game, you know, let's go back to recruiting. So Drinkowitz comes out on signing day and makes a comment about that school to the south and how we kept recruiting guys that they were recruiting, and we stole several of them. Um, and so he was throwing his little hissy fit about that. Um, and then the next day, the, the university comes out with that they were honoring the, uh, the battle line rivalry team that beat Arkansas, 2-10 and 10 Arkansas, at halftime of that basketball game. And, and then they made shirts that said everybody loves a – basically they, they promoted it, said everybody loves a rivalry game, and it says beat Arkansas, except the AR are lightly shaded out, and it says beat Kansas. So it's our Kansas, but all you see is Kansas for the most part. So Missouri is really, really, really trying to make this a rivalry. What's your definition of a rivalry? Doesn't there have to be some significance games in there to be a rivalry? LSU was, to me, for a while because there were significant games. Texas, I can't stand losing to Texas to tic tac toe. Right, right, and and that's a that's a generational thing. Um, You know, I I made that comment that kind of threw you back that time where I, I don't. So I don't. I don't hate, I don't like Texas. I don't care about Texas. Texas is what it is. But it's not because, I mean. You hate Missouri. You do. I do hate Missouri. I hate LSU more, and I hate Ole Miss even more. Like, to me, if Ole Miss didn't have Mississippi State, that would be the most logical rivalry. And I know that it's, when you think about significance, there's usually not a ton because Arkansas and Ole Miss aren't really playing for the West very often and aren't really playing for a lot. Now, maybe in baseball, uh, maybe in basketball from time to time. But in football, no, probably not. But from a proximity standpoint and from just a, a, a no-love-loss type of game, I hate Ole Miss. I hate everything about their program. I can't stand them. You have some issues. And I do. And so I don't I, – and LSU's the same way. I will never root for LSU. No, I don't like LSU. And so – but so for me, for Texas, I don't have a lot of memories of us playing Texas. I'm 36. You know, I remember the Matt Jones years, you know, back you know, back in the early 2000s. Um, you know, Jones the, to Birmingham to Atlanta. Right, absolutely. So a few of those, but – I mean, other than that, man, I don't, you know, I can't. That's why I don't see Texas as anything. Now, if we play them every year, fine. I, I can't get on the Texas A&M train as a rivalry. I think that's a crappy game that we Texas should be playing. Texas is going to be in Houston. Now, I'm going to have a special shirt made for that day. That would be a lot If we of fun. lose that game, which we're not going to, it's baseball. We're not going to lose that. But if we do, my whole weekend is shot. Yeah, well, you think that's bad. What if they lose to Baylor while you're there with your wife? I... Baylor's confused. They don't know if they want to be a beaver or if they want to be a bear or what they want to be. It, it's Yeah, but you'll hear it all the way home about how Baylor be. She Arkansas. won't watch a damn that the, play. Is that the first game or the last game? No, it's the last, last game. game. So see, she won't go. watch a damn play of the game. It don't matter if she watches it. She'll the just know that they won. Back in 2012, yeah. Oh, we're playing y'all today? Oh, she put her shirt on, wandered around. Didn't watch a single play. Stayed out by the pool. Oh, man. Not one pitch. You got to love our wives. Yeah. We, we're going to take them to Omaha. They can go shopping while we stand That's in the right. hour line. Um, so this has been a kind of a, a subject that I've seen here lately too. Um, the anthracite, oh, excuse me, the anthracite jerseys. So I saw somebody put out, I think, I don't remember who it was earlier today, put a tweet out, said, you have two choices. You can get rid of Pepsi 
but Arkansas wears anthracite for every game. Or you can get rid of anthracite, but you have to re- drink Pepsi for the rest of your life. Okay, if I'm going to the stadium, I'm the beer's available now. I'm right. not drinking Pepsi. There you go. Get I mean, rid of the damn anthracite. I mean, as long as I got Mountain Dew, I'm good. Like I don't even, I don't care. I, but I, give me my Mountain Dew; it goes both ways, right? So it's it's a versatile drink. But I so apparently we haven't beat Missouri like ever wearing the anthracites. I think we lost like six. Does straight. baseball do the anthracite thing? No, I don't think they do. No, they have those cream jerseys. They have a couple. I of actually like those. I do too. I like those a lot. But they don't have anything anthracite. They wore the green ones for St. Patrick's Day, I think, last year. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't have an issue with it. I think people that I think people just overreact to the jerseys. And I'm indifferent. I actually have an anthracite jersey. I never wear it, but I have one. I would hope you wouldn't wear a jersey. That'd be weird. Men and middle-aged men wearing jerseys is a bad yeah, plan. Well, so, yeah. Anyway, so speaking of middle-aged men making bad decisions, <laughs> we're not going to touch on this for very long, but, um, man, how about Booker, man? Like, what are we doing? Like, seriously, what are we doing? I mean, so the SEC decides to promote gymnastics. Hey, by the way, Arkansas is really good in gymnastics. And it was an Arkansas game. It's on the SEC network almost every Friday night. Yeah, well, apparently this Valentine's, oh, oh, Booker is going to be watching scantily clad women, and that's what he's excited about when he sits in his hotel room. It was odd, man. It was uncomfortable. I felt uncomfortable. It was weird. I'm not sure what ESPN is going to do with Booker, but... Ooh, son, that was um, that was interesting. Did you notice when they came back from the commercial break, he apologized. That apology was real quick and real written for him. Who was? I don't even remember who it was. It was with him. I don't remember who the other guy was on the on the broadcast with him. But did you hear him right oh, he after he said up. it? He was like, "Oh, that's that's Booker, not me. Yeah. That was Booker that yeah. had that, not me." I thought it was funny. I have never been a fan of Barry Booker all the way back to the nineties. I I I wish dude would just go away. He never has anything new to say. Right. Same tone of voice, same cadence, same everything makes me want to bash my head up against a wall. We could probably do. I, I we, don't. We, I don't dislike him more than I do Dick Vitale. Dick Vitale makes me want to jump out a window. Yeah. Barry Booker just makes me want to bash my head up against a wall. Vitale's voice and his just uh, anyway. I'm not even going to go there. I had my. I've I've had my rants on Dickie V over the last couple of weeks since. The yeah, Kentucky I think that's day. enough touching on that subject. It was oh, it was incredibly oh, inappropriate. No you didn't go there. Incredibly touching and inappropriate. inappropriate. That was inappropriate. Woo, son. This episode of Inside the Natural State is brought to you by Mountain Valley Spring Water. Since 1871, bottled in glass straight from the Washita Mountains. Visit mountainvalleyspring.com today to find your local distributor. So coming back, a little basketball over the weekend. So I actually wrote this down in our little lineup here. So just so you guys know, we don't really like like Wes is coming here with this big like notebook full of preparation and I and, don't and have to do anything and I'm really I'm really excited about that. Um, but we I mean I have this guideline that I put together that I kind of th- that I that I get out and and so we try to stick to this. There's rabbit holes. That's why this podcast ends up going so long sometimes. Um, but I had this labeled out as SEC basketball weekend recap. Um, but really, what I was but what I wanted to bring up, number one, is uh, that – so the Auburn-LSU game, the finish to that game. So once again, Auburn found themselves in a position where they were down oh, – let me pull this back up. I think they were down 12 in that game. Let's get the box score back up here. And literally out of nowhere – Auburn comes back. I thought the game was over. So with – let me get to the second half here. I had this pulled up earlier. 
How many windows do you have open over there? Just a few. Yeah. This is, see, you bring a notebook. This is my notebook. I just go tab to tab. I will walk next door during the day, just walk next door to tell my wife something. She has 71 screens open. I mean, it's like, how does your computer even think? I can't do that. My wife, the other day, I was going through hers trying to help her fix something. And I don't know how many windows. I was like, what do you have all this crap open no doubt. for? Like, this is, anyway. Well, your first problem why your computer's not running right is you need to close all these windows. No kidding. So, with a minute left, it was 72 to 66 LSU. They hit a free throw. And at that point, it looked like the game was over. I mean, I, I thought LSU had this game won. Then Javon McCormick comes out of nowhere and just hits bomb after bomb after bomb. He hits a three. Gets it within three. Skylar Mays hits two free throws. McCormick comes back down, hits another three to make it a two-point game. Smart then misses the front end of a one-and-one. McCormick misses a three. Mays turns it over on on another McCormick steal. And then Dottie makes a layup to tie the game at 74 to send it to overtime. The finish of that game was pretty freaking awesome. It had nothing. Did you watch at all the Duke North Carolina game? I did because I was waiting on. Here? You're in a no parking zone. Oh, I have no I idea. Know. What are we doing oh, here? You didn't see the sign. What's happening? I wasn't there. I don't What's know. What's happening here? That was fun. <laughs> that I'm not sure where that even came from. The choice of having my computer Bluetooth to the. <laughs> oh man! Apparently, there's a Geico commercial in the middle of that. It's like. Why did it? Like I said, McCormick, and I swear it played that video. That's funny. So okay, we got that off. So you have voice activated computer there, evidently. Apparently, old MacBook over here is listening to me. I did see the end of the Duke North Carolina game because I was waiting on the undercard. My goodness, man! That's Duke North Carolina. It's classic Duke North Carolina. So that game throw the records out the window. Because North Carolina's not had a great season by North oh, Carolina standards. Not by anybody's standards. They're under 500. They're awful right now. Uh, yeah, but that game, it just doesn't matter. And when they play again in Cameron, it's going to be the same thing. So the amazing part to me, and I'm trying to pull that play-by-play up just so I have it in front of me. Get the second half pulled back up here real quick. There we go. This is so slow. Yeah, make sure you play the right thing. Not that I'm not playing anything, that was just I hope. Playing. I'm hoping it's muted. You know, I got it muted over here now, so <laughs> we could. So, trade. So, the crazy part was, is... We are working without the producer tonight. Yes, we are. I'm, I'm, pro- I'm playing producer <laughs> and, and, and host over here. So, North Carolina hits a free throw, makes it 84-81. And, and, and you're thinking, okay, this game's over. There's four seconds left. The game is over. There's no way they're going to come back. Well, so of course the classic play is to is to not allow North Carolina to get a three pointer off. So you foul them. So he fouls them with four seconds left in the game to put them on the line to shoot two instead of three. So Trey Jones steps to the line, knocks down the first one. Trey Jones then steps to the line and and he he is able to pull off. I, I I've seen this play tried. I don't know how many times. If you watch basketball long enough, you've seen somebody try to intentionally miss a free throw, and it always goes bad. It either goes in on accident or the ball doesn't hit anything or it hits the rim and it goes flying a million miles the other way and it doesn't work. It worked perfect. He hit the exact part of the rim that he needed to, bounces back to him. Now, I think he double dribbled, but he got away with it. Finds his way inside the three-point line and hits that shot. 
the the difficulty of making that shot and making that play cannot be overstated. Holy cow, man. That was fun. That yeah, yeah I was the same way. It I was, was I think fun. it was I, I watched bits and pieces of that game and and that was the biggest reason was um was waiting for the undercards to undercard fights to come on. So that was man, that game was was a ton. A ton Duke of fun. North Carolina never disappoints. No, it doesn't. I hate North Carolina and I, hate I don't Duke, care for either one of them. But yeah. it's a great college basketball game. And it's a great environment, man. It's not a lot of people. I think I don't remember what that place holds. It's not huge. Um, but man, it gets loud and it's it's a lot of fun. So um we gotta remind remind the folks here, Wes. This is where we remind them where to find you on Twitter. See if you remember. <laughs> B-A-S-S-N-H-O-G-S-1012. There you go. At Bass and Hogs 1012. Adam, he's probably got like two followers right now. So so help him help integrate Wes into the world of social media, especially Twitter. Not social um, media. I've been on Facebook before. Yeah, Facebook I just sucks. haven't messed with Twitter. Right. Well, Facebook, you'll get tired of it pretty quick now. Uh, let's see. Find me, of course, at Steve underscore NSS. And again, um, at Natural State Sports. Make sure that you like, share, subscribe the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And please give us a review. I know we've had a few uh, few guests on here recently. Uh, Mark Browse was a lot of fun that last week. Uh, got a big guest coming on next week as well. Uh, so get on there, leave us a review, let us know what you think, and make sure you share it out. So I threw you for a loop before we got started tonight. Yes, you did. Are you going to give background to this story? I actually threw you two loops. Yeah, by you did. So, so initially when I sent you this lineup that I have, I this is to- mess with your buddy at its finest right yeah, here. So I meant to, I meant to make this clear, but I obviously didn't. And I and I wanted us to to talk about the power rankings of the SEC coaches since there's a few new ones. Yeah. Well, you spent 45 minutes putting together your power rankings for SEC basketball coaches because of course season is it? it's it is basketball, basketball season. season so it makes perfect sense that you would think that i meant football so just because i saw a tweet from college football home and i thought you know this is an interesting okay, interesting so i'm totally list. unprepared for this conversation but i'm gonna have it well i mean i am too i, I honestly this is i didn't I, I i really didn't anticipate you I'm, I'm i'm appreciative of it but i didn't anticipate you going through all those links of of uh, of of getting ready, so I'm, I'm I'm well. I wanted to make an educated decision. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. This is total opinion to me. Um, not really much discussion needs to be had on this one. This uh, one's free. I don't know, man. I don't know. So of course, Nick's one. Yeah, I think Orgeron's two. I agree. I don't think they. So they've got Jimbo too. I think no, Orge, Jimbo does way. They are a bad seat. They are a eight and four away from turning on Jimbo for as much money as they're that's paying him, and they, they may be turning on him now. Let's say that's all they do is win eight wins every eight games every year and recruit in the top ten. That's a lot of money for eight wins. Well, I get it. I know. That's what I'm saying. You're right. Yeah, they're, they're going to be ready that for him. All money down there is not happy. No, and they'll, they'll they're not they they won't they won't hesitate to stroke that seventy five million dollar check, which I guess now it's. What are we? Four years into this this experiment with Jimbo and A and M, three or four. So and he was ten years, seventy five. Like Monopoly money. Is there a bottom down over there? I don't know, man. I I hope that changes. That's a that's a story for that's a that's a that's a discussion for another day. But, we are trying to change man. that. Yeah. Um. So Ed Ed Orgeron, I think is too. I agree. I would even move. I'm surprised at that. When they hired him, I thought he was going to flop. Well, he was terrible everywhere else he'd ever been. I mean, you think about it. He wasn't good at Ole Miss. He was he was okay as the interim at USC, and he didn't get the job. Yeah, but he got to rah rah. 
Right. Yeah. Well, now that's all he does is raw raw, but he actually has good coaches around him, or did. They have changed some of that. They are going to yeah. take a step back this year. Did you year. see who they hired today? Yes, I did. Oh, man. That's um, that's going to be an interesting yeah. an interesting piece there. So, I don't know. I would So, I would put Orgeron two. I would actually put Kirby Smart at three. You have to. Um, just success on the field. You have to. And I would put Dan Mullen ahead of Jimbo just because of what Dan did with less – at, at Mississippi State. Did you not think they underperformed a little bit this year? Man, I don't know because I'll be honest, when we started this, when the season started, and if you go back and listen to our first couple of podcasts, I was way, way, way down on Florida. I did not understand why Florida was rating, rated so high to start the season. Yeah, um, keep talking because we have their quarterback now. Yeah. And, and so, yeah. Hey, I'm excited about that. I, at least size and. Because yeah, he has a Razorback on his jersey now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so we'll see how that works. But I mean, in in general, I mean, I didn't think Florida would be that good, and and I thought I think Mullen's done a phenomenal job. I agree. So I would put Mullen above there. Now this is, I would probably put Jimbo here at five. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna move Mark. So they got Gus at six. I'm moving Mark to six. Just Mark because Stutes. you're gonna put Satan's disciple down as far as you can. Oh, I wish I could. And and it's I don't like him. It's no secret. I can't stand him. He's a great guy. Maybe I should I should take that back. That that was uncalled for. I, I am as a Christian person. That's nobody should ever <laughs> deserve that title. I apologize. I apologize, Gus Malzahn. He won't hear this, but I apologize to anybody that know that, that hears this that knows Gus Malzahn. I'm not going to. I am for sure you. he is a great person. I don't like him. Well, I don't like the way his offense. Which oh wait, it's Chad Morris's offense now, right? Um, I just I'm not a big fan of Gus. I think he's very predictable. Um, I think unless he in, in, unless he has a breakaway quarterback. Right. I mean, that could be said about a lot of coaches, but Gus in particular, the amount of money he's making, I'm moving him down. I like I like Stoops. Now, I guess. Look at what Stoops has done with Kentucky. That's right. not at Auburn. That's, well, no, that's, and you, he's doing that at effing Kentucky. And think about how he did it this year, too. I mean, basically oh, yeah. put a wide receiver at quarterback, and they still won games. Yep. So huge props. And Stoops had a shot to go to a couple different places, yep. I think, this year. So we'll see how long Kentucky can hold on to him because I think they're probably about reached the ceiling of what he's going to be able to do at Kentucky. Especially he's looking for the door. Well, I just think that in the East, it's getting stronger. You know, if Tennessee continues to get a little better. Um, I, I don't know about that. We'll see. I, the the Florida's getting better, you know. Um, you, you've I got, agree with Florida. So so you got Florida getting better. Georgia's what Georgia's going to be. Uh, Where are you putting the Pirate on this list? You know, they've got him at eight on this list. He's going to make this fun. He is. He's going to make press conferences fun. Oh, yeah. I just, man, I don't know. I Leach is such a mystery because you don't know what you're going to get out of him. He's he's done well to a to a point with crappy programs. Actually, I would argue that you know exactly what you're going to get from him, but you don't know how well it's going to work in the SEC. Oh, right, and how well it's going to be received in Mississippi. So, in, in Mississippi State, we'll see. I, they he's hired done, him. He's done well so far. I mean, he's you know he's he got a good grad transfer in there in Costello. Um, he he seems to be getting a few pretty good pieces in there. I I'm not going to argue with Leach at eight. Um, they are going to throw the monkey piss out of the ball. Oh yeah, absolutely they will. And, and and it'll be it'll be interesting to watch. But we'll see how it how it translates. They've got we'll see how they how they how it works on the offensive line and and, and their skill position. I agree. They got the quarterback. Um, let's see. I don't. I'm not rating. I'm not rating Lane. Why are you not rating Lane, boy? Because are you so a little sore that he's not wearing I'm red? Not, I'm not. So so. I was when it happened. Yeah. Now I'm glad I have what we have. I am too. I'm, I think we'll. I think we'll be very happy with what we have in the long run. And and 
the thing about Lane is it's either Lane is either going to be really, really awesomely successful or it's going to end in a massively ugly divorce. One or the other. I, I'm rooting for the second just oh, because of the this. catastrophe. I mean, that would give us so much to talk about. Oh, God, it'd be awesome. I just hope it's... His preface, press conference is going to be a thing of beauty. Until he loses. When he starts no, losing... No, this when he gets good. I don't know, man. He's such a... Anyway, it may be... You may be right. I don't know where to rank Pruitt, man. They, they He did a heck of a job at Tennessee as far as... That when they came back, um, you know, they they feel like that might be his ceiling, though. No, I don't think so. Just because of how much momentum they had late, you know, that they started rough and then they ended the season really well. Um, We'll see. This year is going to be a real big test for them. They had a great recruiting class. Um, So I'm I'm curious to see where they land. But I like Pruitt. I think Pruitt is Mr. Cliche had good recruiting classes there, too, and couldn't do anything. This is true. I do like Pruitt at nine ahead of Kiffin. I think then I would put Kiffin at 10. Um, Can't argue with Muschamp at 11. I mean, what's he accomplished? He's on his way out the door, is he not? And where's he going to go after that? Is he going to go back to a DC? I think he has to. I don't know what else, what other opportunities he's truly going to get. I mean, he now he's gotten a couple of big pieces this year. We'll see how this recruiting class ends up stacking up for them. Um, but I would put Muschamp at 11. Now, again, we're going to argue here about these bottom three. Or, or, Drinkowitz is is an interesting, because I want to see how that translates to big-time football. He had success at a lower level, yeah, big with, success at a lower level. With, another, with a team that wasn't his. I understand he that. He just carried on. I understand that. that, but I point you back to 2012 and John L. Smith. No, and you, you've got a fair point, but that's also the question, too. So I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. Oh, man. That was a different animal, though. I don't, I'm curious, and we could go down a rabbit hole here. Yeah, listen I, on. I've, I've had this argument many times. I don't know that that season would have been nearly as good as everybody thought it was going to be anyway. There were some there were some big missing pieces on that team. And, and so, I don't you know. You have bumped your head. Buddy, I don't think it would have been as bad as we as, – it, it wouldn't have been as bad as it was. We wouldn't have lost UL Monroe. And, and, and the, or it was UL Monroe that year, wasn't it? Or was it – Yes, it was Joel Monroe. Are you talking about if the motorcycle doesn't hit the ditch and Captain Insano is still running the program? Yes, because, again, this is a rabbit hole for another day because you're you're about to come across the table at me. I just, I think there was a lot of deficiencies in what Petrino did recruiting-wise, but I've made that perfectly clear. We strongly disagree on Coach Petrino. (laughs) We do. But I'm, so, so, and maybe this is my hate for Mizzou and this is my bias showing, but I'm putting Pittman at 12, I'm putting Mason at 13, and I'm putting Drunkwitz at 14 because, one, the guy's done nothing in his short time in college football to make me feel comfortable and excited about what he can do at a program like Missouri where he's got a build. He's got a rebuild coming. He don't have a quarterback. He's got to replace a lot of pieces on the defensive side. And and he's at a disadvantage from a recruiting standpoint. So, I'm. I'm you don't really, like Derek Mason. I like Derek, but I just and I th- I would put Derek and I just Derek's in a tough position. You just want to move us out of the cellar. I do. I don't like seeing Arkansas at the bottom. Well, I don't like it either. But, but I mean, I, he he's either he's never been a head coach before. I I, I don't disagree with putting him there now. If right. he is there at the end of next season, oh, my goodness, yeah, we got, got problems. Well, and here's my argument, though, to, to people that talk about Pittman. Pittman's had opportunities to be a head coach. He's been the associate head coach at his, every one of his stops, his last three or four stops. I like that. He's been the associate head coach. So he's been well thought of, thought of enough to basically be the guy. Do in you waiting. disagree with any move that he's made yet? 
No, I can't either. Nothing. I mean, the coaching staff he's put together is phenomenal. Um, I thought he, he did a fantastic job on the recruiting class. Run that um, back. Where did we start recruiting? Was what was our recruiting yeah, so ranking before he was hired? When he took over, we were 118th ish. Yeah, 118th in the country. Yeah, and wound up. And let me pull that up. I know we were 29th the last I checked, but let me make because there's been a few things that have happened since then. Let me pull that up. So, um, as I'm pulling that up, we'll shift gears a little bit. Did you watch any of the XFL? Oh yeah, I got XFL notes. <laughs> I I see. Okay, let me address that. Let, let, let's let's go to the XFL like this. Okay. Do you want more football, or are you ready for basketball and baseball? Because that's that's to my point of view. I, I it's not that it's a bad product. It's that. That time is past. Yeah, so I would agree with that. I don't. Uh, so I'm not a big basketball guy, until other than Arkansas and a few other. I'll watch a few other games. College basketball. Yeah, I mean, I'll watch a lot of college basketball. But if there's a football game on, it'll gain my interest a little bit more than. Okay. Than a, if than there's a an XFL game versus a Razorback baseball game, where are you go? Oh, I'll watch Razorback baseball. Yeah, that's see? a different story. See? Yeah. No, no I get that. Different story. No, I'm with you there. I, I don't disagree there, but I think it's interesting. I, I was, so I'm going to, I had this pulled up. Let me find it again. Um, so I have some stats from XFL whenever you get ready for it. Yeah. So a couple of things, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but I just thought it was interesting and I don't know how many people are even paying attention or, 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 or I forgot about it until you mentioned it. Well, one thing that I found fun and entertaining about it was the Dallas team is picked to win the whole thing and they got beat. So as typical, Dallas underperforms when put in the See, spot. there's just not any call for that at all. But it was there. This is not the Cowboys. <laughs> this is just a Dallas team. But they're a Dallas team. You have issues. And they got beat by some You Lewis. have issues. And it was now they didn't have their starting quarterback. Landry Jones said they had some underwear model as their starting quarterback, which was interesting. So my wife watched it, kept trying to see him take his helmet off. Issues. I think that's what she was trying to watch him take off. So um the interesting thing, though, there was some, there was some. So the new rules. Did have you? Did you get to watch any of the games? I a, a little bit Sunday afternoon before I fell asleep. Did you see the kickoffs? No. Okay, so the kickoff rule is weird. So you, they the kicker will kick from the thirty, but both opponents will be between the twenties or between the twenty and the thirty. So so the receiving team is standing on the twenty, and the kicking team is standing at the 30, 10 yards in front of them, but the kicker standing at the other thirty. But no one can move until the receiver catches the ball, until the kick returner actually catches the ball. So, so there's no wedge. Right, there's no wedge, and it's, it's meant to obviously bring down the collision speeds and all of that. So that was interesting. They also, the other cool part was the, um, let's see, where is it at? So out-of-bounds kicks and kicks that fall short of the 20-yard line is an illegal procedure. Uh, players can move the ball can move when the ball is touched by the returner or three, second, three seconds after the ball touches the ground. Um, let's see. Where was it? How does that work? If the ball hits the ground, they have to count one, two, three, four, I they guess, move? I guess so. Yeah, pretty much. They don't move until... Or they got a strike. A zebra standing there counting one, two, three before yeah, I they didn't, can... I didn't pay attention to that, but I'm guessing so. Okay. So no extra points as far as from a kicking standpoint. You either go for one, two, or three. You go for one from the two, two from the five, and a three-point conversion from the 10. All right, let me flip this on and see here. How many of these weird, let's not say weird, how many of these out-of-the-norm 
rules do you see the NFL picking up? So the kickoff rule, I think, because, you know, both the college and NFL have both toyed with the kickoff rule and, you know, moving it up for more touchbacks. But the kickoff is an ex- it's a very exciting part of football. And there was actually one, and it's interesting. I think you would see more kick returns for touchdowns in the way that they do it because all you got to do is find one speed guy and have enough blockers on one side to create that opening. They almost had one returned in the Dallas-St. Louis game where the returner got around the out, around the edge, and, and basically by that point when they get around that edge, because there's nobody, mm-hmm. your kicker is it. Like your kicker is your last line of defense. They were able to run him out of bounds. But so I don't know. I don't know how the how the extra point rule. Um, I'm not sure how that's going to play. I don't. I don't know that you'll ever see a, a three point extra point type situation. Um, but now I could see them making. You know, they've played with the extra point rule in in NFL. And I kind of like it. I like the fact that it makes it a little more difficult with the longer kick. So, how long does this season run? When is their XFL bowl or whatever the hell they call it? Let's see. So, they play 10 total weeks, and their championship is Sunday, April 26th. Okay, Sunday, April 26th. So you got a couple months worth, three months. I got you. Okay. Okay. I don't disagree with that. That's going to run through some uh, college spring stuff, which I mean, it's going to just give us, if you, if you, if you live and die by football, you're going to have more football to watch. Right. I I don't know how much I'm going to pay attention to it, but if I'm flipping through the channels and there's nothing on, I'm probably going to stop on one of those. That's what, that's how I was this weekend. I watched, a few of the most of the games on Saturday, we had some things to do, and then Sunday I wasn't feeling good, and I watched a little bit of the first game, and then fell asleep during the second game. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. There's already been a uh, there's already been a coaching change. So the who is this? Whoever the Wildcats are, I don't even know who this team is. That's bad. They parted ways with their defensive coordinator Pepper Johnson after one game. After one game, what did they? Let's see. Who was that? Is Vince McMahon making the rules there, or are the coaches actually making the changes? Well, I would assume the coaches for each team would make those changes. Would be my would be my guess because oh, that sounds like a Vance move. I don't even know. Oh, I guess that's the Los Angeles team. They gave up thirty seven points. So apparently, in the XFL, if you give up the most points in the league, you get fired. Because that's basically what happened. They gave up thirty seven to Houston and he got fired. Interesting. So I don't know. It was interesting. I thought it was. I thought it was kind of fun. Um, let me get this recruiting stuff back up that I had. No, 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 no. There it is. So Arkansas was 118th um, when 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 Pittman took over, and there was this goofy account on Twitter that was talking about Arkansas and how they were behind Harvard, and obviously, and and, and how Arkansas made a clown move by hiring Pittman. So Arkansas ends up with 21 total commits plus three juke plus three grad transfers. I think that's right, four because he got a kicker too. So ended up thirty. Did we give a scholar to that kicker? No, he's just a grad transfer. He's not. A, he's not a scholarship kicker. Are you one hundred percent certain? I'm, I wouldn't say I'm one hundred percent, but I'm pretty certain. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, but yeah. So they 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 ended up thirtieth. There is still a piece. I think until April first, they have to to sign. Um, and that so Ebony Jackson and I. I I'm terribly prepared on that part. Um, I didn't look that up. 
Um, but Ebony Jackson is a committed running back, but he did not sign. There's some some issues going on there, I think, from a maybe grade standpoint, but also some some mental health things going on with him. So you told me about that. Yeah, okay. we talked a little okay. bit about that yeah. last week. So I don't know. I, I, I left. Uh, I think recruiting is still a little open um, right now as we wrap up the season uh, and, and get ready to, to start spring practice. Um, the only other piece that I would see Arkansas adding at this point would maybe be Xavier Kelly, the the defensive tackle grad transfer from Clemson. Um, and then you've got, uh, I thought he was a lock. Is he not? Well, so from what I was told when he visited that it was a done deal. Now, I don't know if there is, so I don't know if maybe they're hoping that there's another. So number one, he's not, he's a, he doesn't, he won't be here till summer anyway. So he's not a guy that can go through spring practice. So how many tickets do we have left to hand out? I think just one. I'm, we got one scholarly left. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, if they bring him in, then obviously they're not bringing anybody else in. I have to wonder if they're not at least looking at the idea of a grad trench for a tight end at this point, just because they, they only brought, they only, we only have three tight ends on the roster when this freshman gets on campus that they, that they offered late, that committed late. So you got, you know, you got baby Henry and I don't remember who the other tight end is, but you basically have baby Henry. And then that's it. So I would be surprised. If he if plays like his brother, what else do you need? But I understand yeah, the numbers there. I, yeah. I get it. I get it. So I would I would think that at least just to have – because, again, both the guys that are in that room are young anyway. And so I would like to see an older, more experienced veteran-type guy in there, even if you – even if he's not going to play a ton or he's more of a blocking-type tight end. bodies for spring practice? Yeah, well, I mean, to have that depth there. I mean, now, they've made some good points. They'll probably slide an extra lineman in protection packages instead of having a tight end out there. Um, they'll, they'll run more five wide receiver sets instead of having an extra tight end out there on the field. Um, but again, baby Henry moves like a wide receiver. a yes, lot. So, yeah. so he's going to fit in on either side. The question with baby Henry though, is how well does he block? And so I think in blocking situations, you're definitely going to, or in, in running situations, you're definitely going to have, um, you're going to see a lineman, an extra lineman out there or something. So we'll see how that works out. Um, I asked this question last week and you didn't have an answer. Do you have an answer this week? Uh-huh. What are our spring practice dates? What are our spring game dates? That's a good question. I still don't know that I have the answer to that. Not that it really matters because the spring game is up here, and I always like well, it when the spring game coincides with the baseball series. It makes for a fun weekend. Well, that's that's st- impossible. That is, um, that's still a question mark. So um, I do know that the Razorback baseball Little Rock game goes on sale no, uh, February the seventeenth. Yeah, let's not forget about. Yeah, this you've time. got to be on your computer because those sell out really. Quick! I was an hour late last year, and I didn't get them. So I was looking here, and I don't see, I don't see anything on spring practice. Um, but I did hear. I know in in the post uh, signing day press conference with Pittman, there is still a question mark as to whether or not we're going to have that spring game in Little Rock. So I they, thought that was contractual. Is it not? No. So I mean, it's an agreement between the university and War Memorial. But they oh, so ha- we're just going to screw Rome Memorial? Well, no, it's not that. It, the SEC has to give us a waiver in order to play the spring game off campus, and they did it two years ago. But that was because of, or was that like whenever that was, the, the, the stadium construction, right? Was there, because right. of the stadium construction, so they were able to get the waiver. Now I think it's probably just you know they're just waiting on it to happen. It's a formality, but as of right now, they've still not received the waiver to be able to play that game in Little Rock. So it is kind of up in the air. I've not I like that every other year. I do too. I think it'll be interesting. Um, I think it's cool too that we're if gonna- people embraced it and we filled the 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 golf course like and, and made it like a game day, I think that would be great. I don't know that it'll ever get that big, but we've had fifty, sixty thousand fans at at 
Razorback Stadium for a spring game. There were several years there where we went every year, and there were some good crowds up there. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, this year it'll be interesting to see what kind of crowd will go to the spring game. Of course, the weather is the bigger issue, and if the weather is actually worth a crap. Um, but so it'll be interesting to see how many people will travel for this year's. Now, I think two years from now, if this team's really rolling, then spring practice could be a lot of fun. Um but no, I have not seen um, anything on on those dates yet. But hopefully, we'll have those here pretty soon. So we're, we midway through February. We should have those PDQ, right? I would think we would be hearing something here pretty soon. So I mean, the last that you can have a spring game is in April, right? Yeah, it'd be late April. So I think I think we should know something here pretty quick. I can't imagine it dragging yeah, too agree. much longer. So. Well, man, it's been fun. Yes, it has. I appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Had a good time. Hope to get you on again here uh, in the next couple of weeks. So it's been a it's been a good time, though. Yes, it has. Yes, it has. Appreciate you having me. Thanks to Natural State Sports for having me the last couple of weeks. It's been fun. Yeah. Leave your reviews. Let us know what you thought about Wes. We've had a, a good buddy of mine. So let you know what we think about us. And, uh, and until next week, man, uh, good luck. Have a good one. We'll Woo see pig. you next week. Woo pig.